Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. What is actually possible? Painting a picture of how might the situation turn out? How, what, what is the opportunity here for me to create something so incredible and so opportunistic and just so beautiful and so alive and so divine and focus on that. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Inspiration Rising. It is great to have you with me today. Hey, I'm not sure if you realize this, but this week we actually put out three episodes. This is our third episode. We put out an episode Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I used to put out three episodes every once in a while when the first uh, when we first started the podcast. Uh, but I've shifted to two episodes more recently. Um, but I've been interviewing so many amazing people, and I don't want them to be sitting out there for weeks or months um, before you get the chance to listen to that conversation. So I just talked to my team, and we said, yes, let's move to three episodes a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so you get three amazing conversations or episodes per week that you get to be inspired by. And of course, you know, if you're inspired by these, if there's a certain episode that you really like, will you do me a favor and spread the word? The only way this podcast grows is really through word of mouth and through you finding it, you find it inspiring, you find that it's incredible, and you want to share about the stories of these female entrepreneurs and leaders. That is why I do the podcast is to help them spread the word about what they are doing. So, I would encourage you, if you like it, screenshot the episode on your phone, post it on Instagram, tag at Inspo Rising, put it on Facebook, text it to a friend, whatever it might be. Help us by spreading the word. Now today, oh my goodness, I've got an incredible conversation with Erica Carico. What a cool name too, by the way, right? Erica Carico. She is the International Coach of the Year in 2020. And oftentimes when I see somebody who wins an award or, you know, they're successful in their business, it is kind of easy to say, well, geez, things must be easy for them, I guess. Look at them. They're crushing it. They're knocking it out of the park. But the reality is, is that we all have challenges. And so people that are winning awards, like Erica, 
they have overcome so many challenges in order to get to that place of success in their life. Bottom line, every single person has those challenges. And the only way we often hear about them is when we talk about the behind the scenes journey, how someone got there, how they're, you know, uh, what they overcome and overcame in their life. And so Erica not only has overcome burnout and depression prior to starting her coaching career, but even just four years ago, she was diagnosed with kidney cancer. I didn't even know you could get kidney cancer. Then I started thinking to myself, you could probably get kid cancer anywhere, right? She is um, healthy and she is a vibrant, amazing coach who is coaching in primarily the business space, um, other women. And now she's built this multi-six-figure coaching business. And I'm going to tell you, she is an incredible woman. So I cannot wait for you to hear all about her journey, all the wisdom that she shares. So let's go ahead and jump in with my conversation with Erica Carico. Erica, thanks so much for taking time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So I want to talk to you just a little bit about your story and how you made that transition from kind of a nine to five job into full-time coaching. Take us back to when you were processing that, thinking about it. What was that journey like for you? Well, it was not a smooth journey. I will say it was not an easy one where I just, um, you know, started my business and quit my job. I, you know, I think I was always kind of the person where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. And I was really trying hard to find a balance between following my own heart and, you know, doing what I really wanted to do and was feeling called to do, but also keeping one foot in the quote unquote responsible world. Right. So I was always really struggling with the push and pull of what do I do with my life? How can I create the freedom that I want and have the impact that I want, but also be responsible and be able to pay a mortgage and, you know, provide a nice living for my, my family and my kids and whatnot. And so what happened was, at 26, I ended up um, falling into corporate recruitment. And I was doing that for a period of about six years, started in Denver, moved down to Sydney, Australia, um, was entertaining clients, you know, in Singapore, Hong Kong, Sydney, traveling and, and, you know, wearing the nice suit and the high heels and um, earning a lot of money. And, you know, I think, a lot of people thought from the outside looking in that my life was, I had made it, that my life was amazing. And oh, how lucky is she? And, you know, what they didn't know was that on the inside, I was absolutely destroyed and completely burned out and a hundred percent misaligned and, um, dealing with depression and anxiety and just this deep knowing that I was 100% not having the impact that I wanted to have. I was building somebody else's dream. I was earning millions of dollars for a company that already had millions of dollars. And I actually just was kind of in this hole of what is the point of my life? Why am I, what am, what am I doing? You know? And it just led to all kinds of disastrous things. Um, I was trying everything that I could not to feel that way. So I was drinking wine every night and I was over-exercising, just trying to get the stress out of my body. Um, you know, a lot of really self-destructive things. And I think I just hit this complete point of burnout where I literally couldn't, I couldn't tolerate it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. Mm. It's so amazing how 
you know, like you said, from the outside, you've made it like you're traveling the world, you're making money, you're, you look great. And yet there's that disconnect on the inside. Um, sometimes it's the opposite. We're not doing great in life, you know, and we feel horrible, but it really can come up at any point really is what I'm hearing you say. It could be when we're externally not doing well, or even when we're externally doing well, it's, I heard you say the word alignment, you felt out of alignment. So how did you figure out what would be in alignment for you? So after I really burnt out in Sydney, I actually, I saw a life coach and I was like, someone just help me, please. Um, I went to a therapist and asked him to put me on anti-anxiety medicine. And I mean, he actually, I, now I don't really know if they even do this, but he basically sat me there and he looked at me and he said, I'm not going to give you this medication because this is not what you need. What you need to do is go figure out your life. And, um, you know, that was really powerful. And I actually took that to heart. Um, and I, I saw a life coach and I quit my job at that point in time. Um, and the, my partner at the time and I, we, we left and we went on this year long backpacking trip around the world. And, you know, I thought naively that, you know, going to India and Thailand and Laos and Cambodia and Vietnam and China, and then spending all this time volunteering in Africa that I would find myself and I'd find my purpose. And I was, you know, doing everything I could externally to figure out why am I here? What am I here for? And it just wasn't working. Um, so anyway, kind of, you know, long story short, we came back to Australia and I, had this feeling that I wanted to be a coach. I just felt like, you know, I majored in psychology. It, I, it really kind of encompassed everything that I was naturally good at writing, speaking, working with people one-on-one and really creating an impact, like in a difference in their life. Um, but again, when I came back from Australia, we were getting ready to get married we were getting ready to start a family and everybody, this, everyone was actually saying, you can't start your own business right now, Erica. Like you have to be responsible. You need to get a job. You need to get this income coming in. You need to be earning at least $75,000 a year so that we can live properly. And, um, so again, I put my dream on the back burner and took, I did the responsible thing again. I took out $50,000 loan and got a master's degree in nonprofit management, which I don't even use anymore. But at the time I was, like I said, trying to, to be responsible. I, I did that for about five years. So I felt like, okay, I'm a little bit closer. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making a difference in the world. Um, and I felt really good about that. But again, you know, five years later, it really came down to just stuffing my own dreams inside. And at this point now I had been again, building somebody else's dream. And I was married at this point, my marriage was failing. because I was so unhappy in my career. I had two babies and, um, and I, you know, my, my whole, I kind of got to this point where I actually felt it was worse than I experienced in Sydney. And it was this full body, full soul knowing that like, I can't live my life this way anymore. And within about two months of, of really having that feeling and that breakdown, um, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Hmm. And so, uh, how, how many years ago was this? This was 2016. So four and a half years ago now. Okay. So four and a half years ago. And so now, I, I mean, I am, uh, I love a good breakdown story because I've got a great breakdown story, but you've got two breakdowns. My goodness, like you really, you you got a hard head. 
my friend, you got it. (laughs) I did not learn easily. (laughs) Learn the hard way. And you look like you're 25. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how all these, uh, you know, events, you know, kind of match up like age wise, but okay. So this was four years ago. You had kidney cancer. I haven't even heard of kidney cancer. I guess you can get cancer anyway, anyhow, but I mean, you're here, you're, you're, here. you're still alive. How, what was that journey like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. First of all, I'm 40, so I I don't look 40, but I'm 40. Um, so yeah, I was diagnosed when I was 36 and uh, 30, no, I just turned 36 and, um, you know, what I've actually, what I, what I took from that was, you know, I've, I really felt like intuitively I said before, my body just felt like I can't live this way anymore. And when I say that, I mean, the burnout and the exhaustion and the unhappiness in my career and the unhappiness in my marriage. And I was so overwhelmed as a mom and I had no friends anymore. I was just like, I felt like no matter what I did, I couldn't catch up in life. And there was no remnants of me whatsoever. I was just the shell of who I used to be. And, um, I, I knew intuitively that there was something wrong with my body. I actually found my cancer intuitively and went to the doctor, I think two to three times before they were finally like, well, let's look inside now and do a CT scan. And sure enough, there it was. And so what I did was I I had surgery, um, to have my, the tumor on my kidney removed and they didn't know at the time how bad it was, if it had spread, if I'd be able to save that kidney or not. Um, they took half the kidney along with the tumor and, um, I did not undergo chemo or radiation. What I I realized was that our body, when we're shoving so much of who we are inside and we're trying so tightly to hold on to it, and we're constantly thinking and experiencing these negative thoughts and these negative emotions, our bodies will start to create toxicity, right? And the kidney is all about toxicity and, um, and like resentment. And just, um, there was so much anger that I had and I just looked at, I just looked at my situation and I thought if my body created this, it created it for a reason. And if I created it, I can uncreate it. And that is sort of the journey that I've been on the last four years is unbecoming everything that I had become based on society or other people's expectations. And I'm now building my life fully aligned with who I am and my own heart and my own soul. And I feel like that's the best healing that I could ever do for my body and my heart. Mm, wow. Uh, that's amazing. No chemo and no radiation. That is, uh, that is what a kind of best case scenario. And you're, are you cancer free or, or what's your situation? Yep. I've been cancer free ever since. So that feels really good. Um, I don't have any intentions in it coming back. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want that. Uh, wonderful. And so at what point then did you enter into kind of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this path of coaching that I've wanted to go down a couple of times, but now I'm going to actually start. Yeah. There was a moment when, um, you know, it was probably about four days after my surgery and I couldn't, you know, they went in, there's five different incisions on my stomach and my side and into my back. And they just ripped through my whole side muscle. And I was still trying to breastfeed my baby. So it was right. I think I was in the hospital for three or four days and it might've been my first night at home. And, um, my mother-in-law came from Australia to take care of me. And she must've taken me upstairs, put me in my little girl's room and the rocker. And I was, you know, holding her with pillows propped up and I was nursing her to sleep. And there was this moment of, um, 
you know, just, just kind of looking down at her and she, her big blue eyes looked up at me and she just smiled and I absolutely just lost it. Like full, just cry, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me right now? I didn't know if I was going to live. I didn't know if I was going to die. Am I ever going to be able to see you grow up? I don't know. And I just had this moment of like, just such sadness. And after, you know, maybe like 30 seconds or so I heard in my ear, um, whether it be a whisper or a small voice, the word remission, like literally someone was just whispering in my ear, remission, remission, remission. And I thought for a second, like remission, remission, I don't, is my cancer in remission? I mean, what does that mean? And then the voice kind of said to me again, remember why you're here. Mm-hmm. Remission. Remember why you're here. And from that point on, um, I I started my life coaching certification that week. Um, I yeah, I started it that week, and within three or four months, I had started coaching clients. You know, on a pro bono level for free practice clients. And within one year, um, I was fully booked in my business. I had a wait list, and I had been published in the media several times. Um, I was starting to speak and get on podcasts and all the things, and I quit my job and, um, I've been full-time in my business ever since I've never looked back. Amazing. What a crazy story. Two breakdowns plus then kind of a third. I mean, what a, what a challenging road you've been on. My goodness. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, you know, I work with people to, um, in two ways to figure out why they're here. What are your divine gifts and how can you start a business that's really aligned with your purpose? Mm-hmm. And then I help them to really build and grow that spiritual business so that they can, you know, have the impact and also the income that they desire. And I think it gives me such leverage because when I hear people say, I don't have time or I can't, I, I can't do this or, you know, whatever, I'm not built for this, or this is too hard. Um, I can really use my own personal resilience to share with them how I, how I did all of this. And mm-hmm. so it's put me in a really beautiful spot to be able to inspire. Mm-hmm. So uh, you may not know this about me, but I was a pastor for over 10 years. And one of the, um, Things that people often ask, I don't know why we ask it as human beings, when we go through experiences like you've been through, why is God doing this to me, right? Why is the divine, why is God, you know, whatever concept you have. Did you ever ask that? Or, I mean, I'm not hearing that come up for you, but do you, did you ask that along the way? I knew I don't know how, but I knew, I think in that moment with Molly, where I just had that sadness, it was like, why is this happening to me? Why am I doing this? But I think from a spiritual perspective, I knew this was my wake up call. This was, this happened to me. I really, truly feel because I was so not living my purpose. I was not fulfilling. I wasn't I wasn't living the way that I was supposed to live and I wasn't doing my part here on earth. And I feel for me, it was a hello it's now, or it's never. Um, and you know, nothing else seemed to be getting my attention. And I just feel like it was such a divine intervention for me because cancer was actually my biggest fear and it came true. And it turned out to be one of my greatest blessings because just like what you said, it, put me on my knees and it, um, it really course corrected and completely redirected my life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if somebody's going through a challenging time right now, or they've been through a challenging time, you know, some, so many times 
obviously, as, as I'm sure you talked with your clients about the way that we, the story that we tell ourselves about whatever we're going through, the story we tell ourselves about what we have gone through just impacts our path so strongly. And so what are the options that people, like as you work with people and the stories they tell themselves about the challenging experiences they've been through, what are the, what are the stories, possible stories from maybe a continuum of really unhelpful to really helpful? You know, what are the options of the stories they can tell themselves? Very good question. You know, I kind of am facing that situation again myself. So it's actually really relevant to me right now. I'm um, going through a separation with my husband. And, you know, I think when we're in these types of situations, which a lot of us are after COVID and the pandemic, we're forced to reevaluate our lives. And I think the easiest story to fall into is being the victim and constantly replaying the this is so hard. I can't do this. You know, I'm so tired. Um, I, how this is just never going to work for me. I'm going to end up, I mean, we really just go and I do this myself. I go into the sob story and why everything is so hard, but I think I have to catch myself. And, um, you know, one thing that I also really help my clients do is just remember that our brains are naturally wired to go to those dark places and those negative places. And it's designed to keep us safe. Right. And so we just have to really work with what we've got. It's like a computer program and just reprogram those thoughts and what our little computer up here is firing and what is actually possible painting a picture of how might the situation turn out? How, what, what is the opportunity here for me to create something so incredible and so opportunistic and just so beautiful and so alive and so divine and focus on that. And so there are definitely like all areas of the spectrum that we can go, but I constantly have to try and redirect myself to stay in this space over here. And honestly, the more that I create a vision of what I want to achieve when I'm in these really dark moments, the more, I mean, it's every single time I've, I've made that vision come true. So we are just powerful creators. Mm -hmm. Take us through a little, maybe an exercise with, like you said, okay, if I'm in that dark moment, if I envision what I really want, that helps. But sometimes the moment feels so dark, so consuming, so like just all consuming that I can't get to that point. You know what I mean? Like, take me through how, how would I get there? Yeah. So I think it's actually, you brought up a really good point and I never want to bypass feeling the pain. I think for so many years I bypassed allowing myself to feel the pain. And I think there's a certain element that that's just okay. Right. Like human emotion is human emotion. And, and we feel like, ah, we think the pain is going to kill us and we think it's going to destroy us. And, um, I think before we can truly move on, we need to allow ourselves to grieve whatever, we're whatever space we're in right now. So I need to be able to grieve the loss of my marriage and grieve the loss of my relationship and grieve the loss of my family structure and grieve the loss of being able to see my kids every day, you know, um, knowing that the pain's not going to kill us, right? Like we can go there to the depths of the soul. We can release that from our body. We can allow ourselves to feel it. Maybe it takes a day. There were definitely, you know, periods of time where I couldn't get myself out of bed. I just didn't want to. And allowing myself to go through that, I think is, is really important, but there comes a point in time when you're like, you've cried so much and you've released so much and maybe you're ready to open those curtains again and you're ready to start seeing some daylight and drinking and eating and maybe getting out of bed and having a shower. 
Um, and when you start to feel those little moments of inspiration, um, I think, you know, you start to have more of them often, more often, more often, more often. And so what I like to do when I'm feeling those little moments of inspiration, even if it's just like 10 minutes, I either open my journal or I get on my laptop and I start thinking of, okay, I'm starting from a blank slate here. And this is actually really incredible and really amazing. I have the power to make the situation become what I actually want to make it. And so for me, you know, how do I want this separation to look? How do I want my family to still interact with each other? How do I want us to feel and communicate and talk and be, how often do we want us to see each other? Do we still want to go on family vacations? Yes. I want us to still be this incredible family with just a different structure, but still so much love and still so much support and safety, right? So really just allowing your brain and your heart to kind of explode onto this journal or this word document and print that out and then freaking read it like every single day, just read it all the time over and over and over again, even if it's just mm-hmm. five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a, you know, you, you can sidestep this question if you like, but uh, if I'm listening, um, like I went through an experience, uh, a rock bottom experience myself 12 years ago where my wife and I were uh, filing for divorce and just in a really, really bad situation. I had made a kind of a wreck of my life and uh, we ended up being able to reconcile and move forward. We've been married almost 27 years now. Um, But, you know, I think for people who aren't in my seat or your seat and go, Eric, what is Erica doing? Like she's getting a divorce or she's getting separation. Like I thought she was this life coach. She's, I mean, I would think she would have her life together. If I can't even get it to, if Erica came and get it together, what chance do I have of getting it together? You know? So like, how do you, how do you explain that to someone that goes, man, I thought Erica would have the tools to navigate through whatever, you know, that challenge is. What would you, what would you say to them? Such a good question. You know, for probably about five, I mean, for probably about five years, I had my, my marriage has not been great. And after my cancer experience, you know, I went on this incredible growth path and I shut my husband out. I didn't, I didn't want him to help me. I didn't want him to go with me. And I felt like it was a very solo journey that I needed to take at that point. And what I actually found was as I moved through my business and I'm talking about living your purpose, following your heart, following your soul, I stayed in my marriage based, based on wanting to, um, for a lot of these reasons, what are, what's everyone going to think? Um, what, what, what's going to happen to my kids? I was scared. I didn't know. Can I support myself? What's going to happen? What is this going to look like? It got to the point where staying in my marriage felt so misaligned to who I was and to who I am that I felt like a complete hypocrite. And so many women stay in marriages, I think for all the wrong reasons And I couldn't actually do that anymore. And I think it's not ever a good thing to celebrate the length of a marriage when you don't actually know what it's doing to somebody's soul on the inside. Mm. And for me, my soul was not, I felt very self-expressed in all areas of my life, but that was the one piece that was so off for me. And it was, again, working through the fear and following what I know 
to be true. And maybe we end up back together. I don't know. We're not going to file for divorce. We're going to go through separation and see what happens. We, maybe we end up like you, I don't know, but, um, I couldn't stay anymore. It actually felt more harmful for my soul and for my own heart to stay, um, and more courageous to actually go. Mm -hmm. Life is messy, right? So messy. Jeez. Yeah. It is not as simple as well, you're in a certain role, you have a certain job. So that means you should be able to figure it out. Like, you know, I have friends who are marriage, both of them are marriage and family therapists and they got divorced. How ironic is that? Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So it just, you yeah. know, they just challenging. Yeah. It's really challenging. And, um, and of course we can't control our partners, you know, in terms of their choices and their decisions of, you know, what their investment is and, I don't know. It's just really complicated. And it's so easy to be on the outside of any situation and have judgment or criticism. You know what I mean? Like we just don't know each other's lives uh, and, and what the stories, the, the journeys that we've been through, the challenges, you know, and it's just, it is complicated. It is complicated. I grieve anytime a friend of mine or anyone, anyone, uh, but especially friends of mine who I see, you know, going through divorce, you know, I grieve it because I'm like, oh man, I wish they could have figured out a way, you know, for all the reasons. So I feel the grief, I feel the loss, um, but I can't, I can't, you know, I can't control anything. It's not, not my, not my life. And, um, all I can do is just be with and encourage and support. And, and ultimately, um, you know, it's so funny how people now I'm coming from, uh, you know, came from a Christian tradition that really looked down on divorce. And so anytime someone would, would get divorced, then oftentimes it was choosing a side and then kind of ostracizing the other person and then looking down on them. Um, and, in your case, if you were the one that initiated leaving, it would be like, oh, well, she, you know, let's look down on that. Like, what's her problem? You know, what is, you know, it's just, it's really crazy. But then um, what I've always said is that, okay, so if you're leaving a marriage or you're, 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 you're divorcing, I'm for you. I wish you would have been able to stay together or whatever, but I'm for you because I want you to have a great life no matter what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like why, why would we punish people for trying to, what I believe, even in my craziness 12 years ago, I love what my therapist said. He said, David, you had positive intentions. You had positive intentions. And I actually think everybody has positive intentions. The positive intention might be self-preservation and, and, right. and our choices um, are to preserve ourselves, you know, even, I know this sounds crazy, but even with a drinking problem, that's a positive intention because you're trying to provide yourself with care. You're using something that's not helpful or healthy, but the positive intention is you're trying to just take away pain and, and care for yourself. So, um, I think life is so complicated and, uh, I just, you know, I appreciate you sharing, um, that, um, yeah. And I think it's okay to, you know, also, embrace the mess. You know, I think, um, we tend to, as humans rush through because we don't want to feel these negative 
emotions and we don't want to be in these hard places. And I call it the void, you know, you're kind of leaving one part of your life, but you haven't, you haven't built up this next part of your life. And it's really scary. And we just want to rush through it myself included. Um, and like you said, I have the tools, so I only can imagine how hard it is when you don't, but that's why people listen to podcasts, right? So we can get the tools, but I think it's okay to really embrace the messiness and just, we know that it's not going to last forever. And we know that this is where the goodness happens. This is where we turn inwards. This is where we turn to whoever source, God, the universe, you know, our higher selves. Um, I think this is really where the magic is. And I have to constantly tell myself that as well. And every time I've gone through something like this. I can't tell you how much my life has just up-leveled the next chapter is like better and better and better and better, you know? Yeah. You've had some major breakthroughs when you've gone through challenging experiences. We all, hopefully we all do, you know, if we, if we embrace the learning and what would you say, what would you say that um, some of your key learnings are right now in this season of life? I think one of the biggest things, and this is just me not even having a good answer for this. It's literally just coming straight from my heart is like, and this has been such a powerful thing for me is that pain and feeling the pain and the the hurt and the devastation, it's not going to burn me alive. I did everything I could destructive. You know, I overate, I binge ate, I overexercised, I drank the wine for years, trying to not feel these moments of just extreme pain. And now I am really in a practice of just letting myself feel them. And once I feel them, I, they go away. Mm. They go away and um, they're usually replaced with something just more peaceful. And so I'm really allowing myself to just feel emotions as they come and to process through them and, and release them, mm-hmm. I think is one big thing for me right now. Um, would you say the more we resist an emotion, the longer it stays with us? Is that, would you say that's true? <laughs> I would say so. And I actually feel like that is a so much, you know, a lot of my clients who I see come to me are, you know, they're resisting emotion. They're resisting doing, following their heart. They're resisting starting the business. They're resisting putting themselves out there because they're afraid they're resisting leaving the marriage because they're afraid. Right. And so they're just holding these like negative emotions and it creates talk. It creates dis-ease disease in your body. And I really feel like for me, that is such a huge, a part of why my cancer appeared in my body is because my cells literally were overloaded and people come to me with autoimmune diseases, chronic fatigue, um, uh, different, even different kinds of cancers. And, you know, what happens when they start allowing themselves to feel and not resisting anymore is a lot of times they actually start to heal what's going on with them, you know? Um, so I really feel like it's really important not to do that, even as hard as it is and challenging as it is. Mm -hmm. So if I am, uh, maybe pinting up my emotions, I'm not feeling them very easily, or I'm avoiding feeling them. What are some ways besides having a small child in our arms, smile at us? (laughs) What are some other strategies that, um, could help us, you know, kind of unlock some of those emotions? and feel them a little bit more? That's a really good question. I think for me anyway, you know, and, and what I see for my clients, I think it's really a case of being able to, um, and a lot of times we can't do this on our own. This is, you know, why we reach out to, I think professionals too, um, is really being able to strip yourself 
from the things that you're doing to numb them. So I think, you know, I help my clients, first of all, when they're trying to really get clear on what their purpose is, um, we, we can't hear and feel ourselves when we're numbing, right? So we're either over, it's the sugar or like realizing how we're avoiding feeling is the first step and then removing that. And as hard as that is, you know, to not drink the wine at at night or to not eat the Ben and Jerry's pint in the middle of the night, right. Or to, um, or to not, which maybe even skip the gym for a couple of nights in a row. I mean, it's just, it's really, we keep ourselves so busy that we don't have time to actually feel the emotions. And so the first step is really just recognizing, Hey, what am I actually doing in my life? Maybe even if it's a good, if it is a good thing, I think a lot of us actually use the gym as a way to bury our feelings as well. And then just take that away slowly for not ever, but just enough time to where you can start to see what's actually in there. What are you actually feeling? What is wanting to come through for you? Hmm. And, uh, what are some ways that you actually can work with people? Like as, cause people, you know, obviously they're probably listening going, well, I, man, if she's been through this, maybe she could help me. They're starting to feel those emotions. What are some of the programs or ways that people could work with you? Yeah. So my, the first program I have, um, well, I have two sort of main ones, but really, you know, my first one is, is called awaken your purpose. And it's really helping someone to figure out why they're here. What is their purpose? What is their divine? What is their life's work? What are they here to contribute? And so it's kind of a soul journey of a lot of doing this healing work, really being able to tap into our own heart and soul and figure out, Hey, why am I here? And then there's sort of a strategic side of that program as well. You come out getting really clear on what business do I actually want to start or what am I here to do? Do I want to start a podcast or how am I here to really heal and make an impact? Um, so that's one program. And then my second program is soul business accelerator, where it helps you to actually build your business to where you can leave your nine to five and earn really good money and have really good impact doing your soul purpose, um, is essentially how I help people. I love it. All right. Erica Carico.com. Yep ericacarico.com and uh, they can find out I know you've got free trainings there and opportunities to just read and dive into all that you are a part of uh, you recently won an award tell us about this what the heck <laughs> I did well I actually won too so last year I won um, international coach of the year 2020 which was incredible and um, I also just found out that I was named by Yahoo Finance um, one of the top 10 business coaches to look out for in 2021 so I'm I'm pretty excited about that that's great hard work paid off <laughs> yes yes may this next year may it just be amazing for you may you find the peace that you want may you find the fulfillment may your you know bank account be flooded with all sorts of income and i hope that that sense of family that you desire will you'll find it and you'll be able to cultivate it i really do yeah oh thank you so much thank you hey congrats on listening to another episode of inspiration rising Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode 
and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity. Mm